sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. Joe Pizapia, Eric Young, Hour 2 is coming at you. If you missed Hour 1, well, go watch it on demand because all of our stuff is on demand here on the network. And, of course, tomorrow, make sure you stick around for in-game live. You got the uh, college football playoffs going on. We're going to have a ton of in-game live wall-to-wall tomorrow afternoon. So make sure you get on the grid and stay on it for all that because that is the way to watch these games. You got the game on one screen. You got the in-game live on the other. Life is good. And if you're Eric, you got the big bottle of water, as he said earlier, in the blanket from the uh, the hangover from the night before. But look, before you get too hungover, take some of this in because a lot of guys are out, including Dalvin Cook, who tragically lost his father uh, this week. So uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to the, the Cook family. What a, what a terrible way to end the season, certainly, and end the year for the Cook family. Uh, so we wish them all the best in this uh, very difficult time. And he's not the only one who's not going to be playing uh, this weekend. And we're going to look at that list of players and how that affects things. And let's start here with the conversation with Dalvin Cook. With Cook out, you know, a few weeks ago, Alexander Madison got his chance and then came up short. And I guess here's the question. Will a lot of people in DFS this week on FanDuel be going back to that Madison well again? Or do you think they got scared straight? Because last time it wasn't what they wanted. They have Boone. They have a couple other guys there that can handle the workload and spread it out. And they've been very proficient passing the football. So it's a good matchup against Detroit. I'll put it to you, EY. Do you think Madison's going to be a guy who's highly rostered this week? Or will people pass because of the failure earlier in the year? I think uh, the, a lot of people will make that reach, but the truth is, is I don't know if he's going to be the guy. He had his opportunity, and he absolutely came up short. Um, Michael Boone is a guy that I'd be interested in getting uh, some run here. Uh, had an unbelievable uh, training camp. Um, combine numbers are off the charts. This guy is an absolute freak athlete, and I'd like to see him get a chance to run the ball here. All right, let's take a look at the list. We'll start with the two quarterbacks at the top. Ben Roethlisberger and Patrick Mahomes are out, which means no Tyreek Hill. That means no Travis Kelsey. It means all the wide receivers with uh, Big Ben are out. So that's going to be poor. Uh, Mike Davis of Carolina is out, and so is Christian McCaffrey. So you know, running back all of a sudden is really tricky there. And I have a I have a point to make about this because the the usage of Curtis Samuel in this offense has always been very clever, I would say, especially in the second half of the season. And I would not be shocked if Curtis Samuel gets involved in a lot of unique ways, a lot of jet sweeps, a lot of pitches to him. And it feels like he's going to get the ball in his hands because of all the injuries to the running back. So instead of going to whoever the third string running back here is on Carolina, I think I would actually look for a little investment in Samuel, who was actually pretty cheap. He's in that 5K range over on Fandle this week. Uh, and against New Orleans, it's going to be all hands on deck. You know Carolina's never going to quit. They're never going to throw in the towel no matter what's going on because that's the – that's the chemistry of this team. It's the makeup of this organization right now under uh, Matt LaFleur. So, uh, I, I, excuse me, Matt Rule, pardon me. Uh, so, in your opinion, do you think that Samuel is the way to go? Do you think he gets the extra pop? Or do you think it just all goes to Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore here? 
Yeah, I like Samuel. Samuel's been running the ball even when McCaffrey or Davis were on the field. He, you know, he's been figured in that way. I remember two years ago, there's all this crazy offseason hype about Curtis Samuel. He's going to be the guy. They're going to figure out all these different ways to get the ball in his hands and screens and end arounds. And he's going to line up in the backfield sometimes too. And and uh, the truth is, is everyone was just a year early. I mean, I, he Curtis Samuel is a guy that I had on almost every team this year. And I was laughing to the bank and most of them because he was highly used. I mean, DJ Moore is supposed to be the number one there. Uh, I know Robbie Anderson at the start of the year had a had a big, big uh, surge in his production, but Curtis Samuel has been very steady and very good all year, and it wouldn't be surprised if they got even better, more use out of him this, this week with no Davis in the backfield. Now, we welcome him in our radio audience here to Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. We're talking about the guys who will not be there week 17 for rest, for injury, for a myriad of different reasons, and Let's move on here to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to be without James Robinson. That's two weeks in a row, unfortunately for them. Tough matchup anyway. Dare Agunbawale will take over as starting running back there. And no, Eric, I will not make you say his name because I know if I do, you will come find me. Uh, but I, against uh, this, this defense, I would pass. Julio Jones is out. We mentioned Dalvin Cook earlier out for personal reasons. Joe Mixon out. Uh, Jared Goff, Cooper Cup also out for the Rams and Brandon Ayuk. So we'll see Kittle get a little bit more action. There's two things here. Uh, Samaje Pirine of the Cincinnati Bengals had a great game last week. And I'm going to throw this name out too. Uh, Van Jefferson, who is a talented rookie here with the Rams, but I think he just didn't get an opportunity. Now, the interesting thing is that Walford being a, a practice squad quarterback, right? They're their second string guy. He's been throwing a ton to Jefferson all year. So you imagine that is where you might look potentially. And he could be a free square basically on FanDuel this week with Cooper Cup out. And I think I'm going to have at least a share or two just to see because that is another way to get up to the top of the board at running back with a Kamara, with a Derrick Henry, or pay up for a Watson or Aaron Rodgers at QB. So Jefferson and Pirine are two names I would keep an eye on. Do either of those guys pique your interest heading into week 17 on FanDuel? I love the Van Jefferson call. I think it's lost on a lot of people that these, you know, second string, third string running backs, they throw to the third string and fourth string wide receivers. And there's often a chemistry there between them. We see this in the NFL all the time. I love that call every week, week 17, every year I do a big money 50, 50. I'll throw, uh, at least half of what I have left, uh, which is quite a bit of money in, in my, my uh, DFS pot, and I go big on week 17. And I'm going to tell you, Van Jefferson is going to be in that lineup. He's a talented kid. I mean, he, he's shown you some flashes. Uh, certainly everybody loved him coming in. I just think it was just unfortunate he wasn't going to find any any opportunities behind Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. I mean, there's just this. it's not a circumstance of him not being good. It's a circumstance of where the team is. And I think that's a big difference to understand. And now, now there's an interesting opening there with quarterback who knows him well. We're going to fill in some more blanks when we come back, play a little game to stick around more fantasy sports today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's fun to play a little game here on the show. And EY and I are going to play a little fill-in-the-blanks. We're going to talk about some statements, you know, kind of banter about perhaps even look deep into the future of the NFL season or maybe just a week into the future perhaps as well. But I think it's a fun thing end of the year, you know, try to see where things are at, what the state of certain teams, certain players are. And 
and maybe, who knows, get some provocative conversations because we all know when Eric Young and Joe Pizapia get together, provocative conversations are abound. So, EY, let's start with a little fill in the blanks. And uh, clearly it's the inevitable of Adam Gase getting moved on from head coach. Even though no one's told Adam Gase, I think at this point Adam Gase should be aware that it's a good chance he's going to be out looking for work in 2021. That being said, the next head coach of the Jets will be blank. Fill in the blank to this sentence, Eric Young. Man, I, I mean, this is going to sound crazy, but it wouldn't surprise me. It would be the most Jets move of all time if it was Adam Gase. No, I don't, don't say that. Chris is already on the ledge. You can't do that to our producer, Chris. Earmuffs, buddy. I'm Earmuffs. trying to help him out. I'm trying to help him out. <sighs> why? Yeah, why, I mean, Adam Gates? Why would they mind. go back to this well? But why, what's the opinion? Because you're not the first person in the last week or so that I've heard, oh, hey, they're playing better here at the end. So so is that enough uh, for the Adam Gase experiment here? Was it all just Greg Williams? Was he the guy? Was he the poison in this locker room? Because ever since Greg Williams is gone, you got a bunch of W's, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I feel there is a real argument for that. It's it's it, it's not an argument that I would make. I mean, but the truth is, is if you wanted this team, if you wanted a new head coach, wouldn't have you done this in, in the middle of the season like everybody else? I don't know why you hold him and fire everybody else. I mean, in the end, Greg Williams and the other coaches don't have final say. This is Adam Gase's team. He, he gets to, to dictate and decide. Um, so for me, I mean, it's the most Jets move for it to be Adam Gase. That's that's my vote. Just because this is the only team that could possibly happen. Jet fans, please ignore my friend here. You can't you can't do this. Uh I'll throw out a name for you. I know Eric B enemy's out there. I know Salah's out there. I know there's a lot of coaches. I think Sally's gonna go somewhere else. Probably either Detroit or Houston would be, I think, the best spot for him. I'd like to see Joe Brady get this job. I've been in very impressed with Joe Brady's play calling for Carolina this year. I think he's done a tremendous job with Teddy Bridgewater, with these wide receivers. I mean, look, look what he's done with Robbie Anderson. Uh, look at what he's able to do with Mike Davis this year. I mean, with Christian McCaffrey out, who would have thought that Carolina could be as competitive as they were? And I know the record doesn't necessarily show it, but they have been competitive and clever, and they've gotten the most out of the talent and I think that's the kind of head coach you might need. Somebody young, somebody can come in here with a fresh start and get Sam Darnold and the rest of this offense. Obviously, some more pieces, get him some more offensive line help too. Defense, it's got some got some thump there. Got some guys there. Basham had a great game last week. All right, let's go to uh, fill in the blank number two. The next quarterback of the Broncos will be blank. Now, I know in hour one, Andrew Erickson, I kind of posed this question too, and he said uh, Matthew Stafford is who he'd like to drop in there, and I guess from a fantasy's perspective, who wouldn't want that? Oh boy, wouldn't that make Noah Fant and and uh, Hamler and Judy, and let's not forget Cortland Sutton. Do not forget about Cortland Sutton coming back healthy next year. This is an embarrassment of riches that they have here in Denver. Drew Locke is not the answer. But who is? So fill in the blank. Who is the next quarterback of the Denver Broncos, EY? I like the fit of Matthew Stafford there for a year or two. Um, maybe, you know, sit locked behind him to see if he learns, possibly draft another quarterback in the later rounds and see what happens. So, yeah, I mean, I think if I was to vote and like, look, I had Cortland Sutton. Almost on every team I had, I was really hoping for a big year. Uh, I was hoping Drew Locke was going to be much approved. That didn't happen. Um, but I think Corton Sutton is almost quarterback proof. He's one of those guys. I think he's going to be uh, a top 12 uh, wide receiver going forward. And Matthew Stafford is, is a very, very good quarterback. So I would love to see that. You know, what? let's have some fun here. 
What about Jameis Winston? Why don't we take a shot with a guy who just wants to throw the ball all day? I mean, I don't know. Could be fun. I don't know if he's going to get another shot here to start in the NFL. I would also not mind Ryan Fitzpatrick getting a shot with this team because maybe you just go with a veteran and say, you know what? We got a ton of youth on this team, a ton of talent. Maybe the best thing is not a young quarterback. Maybe the best thing is an old quarterback, an old quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick who wants to sling the ball all day too. So I'd like to see one of those two guys maybe get that shot. I just want to put Ryan Fitzpatrick somewhere next year. That's not Miami because clearly Miami is not going to be the place next year for him. All right, next one. Let's fill in the blanks here. Obviously, we know last couple of years have not ended the way Drew Brees wanted, but in the end, we don't know if this is going to be the end regardless of how this season ends. It's starting to feel that way last two years. He's been banged up. So at the end of 2020, Drew Brees will blank. And obviously, you can fill in this blank however you want. You want to fill this blank in with retire. You want to fill this blank in with come back again as a reigning Super Bowl champion. And the floor is yours. The blank space is open. So just like Taylor Swift, you, you find a way to fill it here. Go ahead, Eric. I feel I just have a feeling that Drew Brees calls it a, a career. I mean, an unbelievable career, um, you know, from from San Diego, hurt having the sh- shoulder surgery and everyone thought that he was cooked. And he went over to to New Orleans and became one of the best quarterbacks of the league. He's. You know, not what you think of as a quarterback. He's five foot ten. You see him peering over the the top of the the offensive line, trying to see his receivers. But he he just found a way to get it done. The ultimate competitor, the ultimate leader. Um, for me, I think he retires. Uh, but yeah. I mean, the competitive spirit is obviously alive and well. I mean, he's playing with broken ribs or or fractured ribs or whatever you want to call it. They don't heal in two weeks. I can tell you that as a guy that's cracked his ribs before, it is absolutely excruciating. There's nothing you can do about it. It just hurts. It hurts to breathe. It hurts to move. It hurts to walk. And he's out there playing full contact football in the NFL. Uh, So, yeah, uh, hats off to Drew Brees. I think this is it for him. But you never know, man. He is a competitor. I think he calls it quits too, regardless of what happens this year. And I, and I hope he ends with a hoist a trophy. That'd be great. All right. Next one here at the end of, excuse me, at the start of 2021, Julio Jones will be a member of blank. Uh, I'm going to take this one first. How about the Philadelphia Eagles? They could use a wide receiver in the worst kind of way. Maybe it's time for a new regime to come in here and make a big splash. And Julio Jones is the perfect guy to do it. Give Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, and Julio Jones, and then maybe things start to change. How about you? What do you think Julio kicks things off in 21? Yeah, I mean, it would be the you know a, a typical move by the Philadelphia Eagles to bring over uh, 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 an older wide receiver like that. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey <laughs> is not the guy I think they thought they were getting. I mean, he's, you know... Uh, older obviously slower than julio jones julio jones is you know top five receiver in the league maybe not this year but any year before that so it would be i think a, a good way to give hurt some help there on the outside yeah i mean joking aside you're not wrong <laughs> i mean you know i think julio's got more left in the tank than alshon did but uh you got to do something he maybe he's the answer all right last one here let's fill in the blank let's finish strong the best story of 2020 in the NFL season is blank. I mean, for me, I'm coming at this from a fantasy lens because, the, you know, I'm a fantasy guy, the fantasy psycho. Uh, for me, it's James Robinson, a, a guy that was, you know, uh, not on anybody's radar, radar including the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, came into camp, worked his tail off, became the lead back, uh, 
was mostly undrafted in fantasy. And I mean, I could, I would say he was probably a league winner in, in most leagues. If you got him as late as you did or were able to pick him up after the first week, you rode James Robinson all the way through, uh, unbelievable totals for on a, on a on a rotten team so it's it's impressive <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say that the best story of 2020 is um it's actually i'm gonna go with the buffalo bills i love this josh allen story you know the bills fan base have had so much pain i'm happy that they're happy i i, I got some friends who are bills fans for many many decades and uh you could see and, and a lot of people you know Marenzi on this network is one of them is a few buffalo bills fans and you could see they got a little extra pep in their step Played well. Josh Allen's played out of his mind. Stefan Diggs has been a game changer. Still worried about them running the football, especially in the playoffs. But who knows? Maybe Josh Allen could just kind of power this team. And Josh Allen was kind of thought of as a low-end QB1, and he's going to finish his number one QB in the fantasy board. And I think that's it's a pretty good story for a guy who was taken after a few other quarterbacks in that draft. We come back. NHL talk. Little futures with EY. Stick around. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, the hits just keep on coming for the Miami Dolphins. Tom Palacero just reported that Ryan Fitzpatrick has actually tested positive for COVID-19. He will be put on the COVID list. So you will not, I repeat, you will not have Ryan Fitzpatrick active this week for this huge game, which means it's just two at time. We'll break this down a little bit more in the next segment. But while we've got EY all fired up, let's talk a little hockey here. On fantasy sports today and uh, let's start here yesterday uh we obviously did some other stuff there with eric uh, we did the heart trophy we went to vesna we did the whole thing rookie of the year now it's time to get some nhl updates and some fan duel odds and some futures with eric about some of this team so let's start in the east where the bruins are the favorites going into things with the penguins at plus 360 the bruins at the top plus 250 and then the islanders flyers and capitals all bunched together at plus 450. So when you're looking at this Eastern Division, clearly the Bruins are the favorite. But do you think that the Penguins or Islanders or somebody else can actually make a run at this? Or is this a, a foregone conclusion that Boston is the team to beat in this division? Uh, I think that this is is definitely recency bias in, in its purest form. The Boston mm. Bruins lost Tory Krug, which is probably their second best defenseman, uh, and lost their emotional leader and captain Zdeno Chara just yesterday. Uh, he'll be playing for the Washington Capitals, which nobody saw coming. Everyone assumed that he would play one more year back in Boston. So the truth is, is this team is hurting. I mean, they are not the same team as they were. Um, getting Tuka Rask back, which who was disgruntled and forced to play in the bubble, and he left the bubble, and their their backup Halak had to pull up the slack. Uh, so for me, uh, that is, that's a bad bet. I would avoid the Boston Bruins. It's not a great bet anyways. But out of this thing, I, I talked about it yesterday. I love the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, they are mm-hmm. loaded. They are loaded four lines deep. Carter Hart is going to take a real run at the Vesna Trophy this year, I believe. Uh, 
this team would have been an even better position going into the playoffs if it wasn't for his poor road record. But I think after his rookie season, another year under his belt, um, he'll be ready to, to, to be better on the road. And the weird back-to-backs uh, where they'll play Elliott quite a bit and is an excellent backup. He proved that last year. He just comes off the bench like, you know, it's no big deal and plays like a starting goalie. So for me, uh, my money, your money, anyone's money, Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers. I think they're going to win this. I like that. So the Flyers are Eric's pick in the East there. So that's the wager. So make sure you go to FanDuel and get some money on the Flyers. Let's go to the Central where the Lightning are the clear favorites here, plus 140. Uh, FanDuel clearly putting them way above everybody else. The Hurricanes are at plus 380 and the Stars at 450. So once again, this is an even bigger disparity an even smaller line here with the favorite uh, for the the Lightning, the Tampa Bay Lightning, to win out this division. So I'll put it to you. Is the Lightning how you would go? And if so, is this a hard pass in terms of wagering? It is a hard pass because I think I, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're going to be without Nikita Kucherov uh, for the entire mm-hmm. season. Um, he right. just had surgery, and they're saying that he could be back for the playoffs uh, where the salary cap doesn't exist, so you know, the rich get richer. Uh, but the truth is, this team, even without him, and they played without him a ton last year, uh, is very dangerous. They're getting Stankos back, uh, who didn't play in the playoffs last year and, and most of the end of the season. So to me, that that that's who's probably going to win that division um, would be the best bet. But because it's more likely, it's not a great bet. I mean, the, the Hurricanes have a possibility. This is a, a, a division that is very hard to decide. I mean, but you definitely want to go somewhere else. Do not go with the chalk with the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, there you have it there. So let's move on to the next one, which honestly seems like a two-horse race here. Uh, two very good teams, the uh, the Avalanche and the Golden Knights. I mean, I remember a few years ago in that first Vegas run that they had, I remember going to Las Vegas there for an event, and I was just blown away by how quickly they've been embraced over there. And there was Golden Knights paraphernalia everywhere. All anybody could talk about was hockey. And I said, I can't believe we're in Vegas. And all anybody wants to talk about is where are you watching the hockey games? Unbelievable. The Knights are plus 175. They've had a great run here the last few years. The Avalanche are plus 140. So clearly these are the two favorites. Everybody else is a little bit further off in the West. So is this just as simple as that? It's a two-horse race. And if so, which horse are you putting your money on? Yeah, I mean, I like the way both of these teams are set up. Uh, the truth is, is you could go either way. I think I would lean probably the Colorado Avalanche. I think Nathan McKinnon is my pick probably to win the Hart Trophy this year. He's just he's one of my favorite, if not my favorite guy to watch. Speed, power, uh, shooting, leadership, grit. I mean, he's got everything. Uh, and both of these teams have two goalies that that are start starter caliber and this year it's going to be ultra ultra important to have two good goalies because of the back-to-back situations they're going to be doing a baseball style um, playing where they'll go to a, a city and play two or three games so often when a goalie starts he won't start the next night so the backup goalies are going to get a ton of work even though it's in a shortened season i feel that a lot of teams are going to go with a 50 50 split because of the amount of back-to-backs this year that it, uh, it's a strange year it's a it's a strange time to put money down on something that is uncertain and stuff but but teams like the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche are set up for success because they they have depth at the goalie position. Both of these teams are unreal. They're going to walk all over that that Pacific Division. Um, and, it, and it's for me, I'm going Colorado, but it could go either way. All right, let's finish up in the North here. It's the Maple Leafs 
And it seems like then everybody else, the next closest object out of the Oilers at 420. So the Maple Leafs plus 140 to win this division is another one where it, it seems like the East is where you have the most leeway. But some of these other divisions seem at least like the heavy favorite is just clear. And it seems like once again here, Toronto Maple Leafs being clearly the, the leaders in the North here, plus 140. Can you make a case for the Oilers to challenge them? I mean, I can make a good case for the Oilers because they got Connor McDavid, the best player in the league. Right. Um, you know, in a shortened season like this, you know, you you get in a slump, you list five or six games, you're out. You mean you you know to make mm-hmm. that much that that amount of ground up in the salary cap league is almost impossible because the difference between one team to the other it's it, it's just not huge. I mean, I as a Maple Leafs fan, I'm a lifelong Maple Leafs fan. I don't think they've ever been the favorite ever anywhere in any time that I've been a fan of them, and that's over 40 years. Uh, is uh, this is a is an awesome time? The the fact that they're doing an all Canadian division is super interesting to me. Um, I think uh, hockey crazed people in Canada like. Wednesdays and Saturday nights is a, is the heavy game weeks, right. uh, game days. And in Canada, you know, Sundays and Thursdays, people are going to be calling out of work a lot because there's going to be so much, <laughs> night so Canada, much yeah. hockey to watch and it's going to be competitive. I believe this is going to change the face of hockey. Um, the fact that some of these teams will play each other nine or 10 times in a season is going to make for some very rough, very entertaining, highly competitive hockey. Uh, they often don't play that many times in a year and they are often spread out. They'll be playing t- these teams back to back and it's, it's going to be playoff hockey for the entire season. I am so excited. I don't know if I've ever been excited for a sports season more than I am for the NHL this year. And that's just because it's so different. And I believe it's going to improve the NHL in many ways. I, I got to tell you, you see, everyone always wants to talk about the negatives about, you know, shortened seasons or the way COVID changed things. Look at all the fun we've had. I mean, some of the baseball stuff this year with the playoffs was super fun. Uh, what you've got right now when the, the entire Canadian division, it's that's fantastic. I, I love this concept, too. I'm right there with you. So, you know, we're getting some things shaken up a little bit. And I think it's fun. I think sometimes sports needs a little of that. And, yeah, we can go back to whatever the normal is. So if you were a Leafs fan your whole life, who was your guy as a kid? Because everybody has that one player. It was their go-to person. So who was your person that you first kind of was your star, so to speak? Yeah, my favorite player of all time is Wendell Clark. He was the captain of the Maple Leafs when my my real fandom started. Uh, loved Doug Gilmore. He probably would have been my number two. I, I, I've talked to him on the internet before, back and forth uh, through Twitter, which is, I mean, if 10-year-old me knew that I would be conversing with Doug Gilmore <laughs> about hockey, I would have had a heart attack and passed away probably. So it's an amazing thing. Uh, Twitter's not always all bad, everybody. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, no. for me, it, th- those, are the, those are legends of the game. They are set up uh, to, to really shoot the lights out this year. Um, I like the, the addition of Campbell last year uh, as their backup goalie. He's going to get plenty of work this year. The Maple Leafs are set up to win this division and and have the deepest run in the playoffs that they've ever had. And I know it, we, you know, Maple Leafs fan and, and and Toronto media say this every year, but never has it been so set up for them to, to go deep in the playoffs. All right, well, speaking of the playoffs, let's talk about the Cup. So these are the odds on FanDuel for the Stanley Cup. we got the Colorado Avalanche at plus 700, Vegas Golden Knights at plus 8, Tampa Bay Lightning at 9, Boston Bruins at 12, Flyers at 14, and we're sure Maple Leafs at 15. Now, I'm going to just assume you're putting some money on the Leafs just because, but outside of the Leafs, where would you be going? Because actually, you know, these are pretty good odds. They're even on the favorites there, 7-1, to 8-1. to one. That's pretty good where I come from, so I'll put it to you. Where would you be putting down your 100 or whatever it might be uh, this year when it comes to the Stanley Cup? 
Yeah, I'm actually going to probably do this in the next couple of days. It'll be my first time ever uh, gambling on 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 teams to win the cup or, or anything like that. I've been living in Tennessee. They finally got sports betting a, a couple of months ago. So it'll be the first time for me to ever do this. And I'll be putting money on Toronto and Philadelphia, both teams. Uh, I'll probably throw a little bit on Nashville as well. I don't feel like they're as set up as those two teams. But I think with those odds, I mean, those are two teams that I absolutely love. And look, at because of the weird setup, because of the way the games are going to be played because of the shortened season. This is this is anyone's Stanley Cup to win. Absolutely anyone. You get on a, a 20 game uh, winning streak and roll, uh, you, you can walk into the playoffs easily and and uh, and take your advantage from there. So it, this is an exciting time to be an NHL fan. If you're not, get on board. This is the best live sport to watch uh 100%. physicality speed uh it, it's it's a great sport just just give it a chance i get the television doesn't do it any favors but when they allow people back in games go to a live game and it will change your mind you're a hundred percent right i would rather go to a hockey game and i'm the biggest nfl guy there is too much downtime nfl games give me the hockey live Brutal. that's what it's all about you're absolutely right it's it's fast it's fun and there's so much action going around uh, away from the puck that people just don't realize when you're watching it on tv so go out there give it a shot and go put your uh, money on the flyers there on fandle we'll be right back more fancy course today right for this stay on the grid SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the grid, everybody. Fantasy Sports Today, Joe Pizapia, Eric Young. And uh, again, in case you missed it, uh, breaking news from Tom Palacero recently that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has tested positive for COVID-19. He will not play this weekend. It will just be Tua. He will be the guy for better or for worse. And this is fantasy reality. So this is a a fun question I'm going to ask. It's not on the board today. So let's start with this because I'm sure it's going to affect the line somewhat because I imagine when you look at this, we we talked about this earlier in the show that I kind of like the Bills anyway. Does this make you like the Bills any more in this potential game? Or do you think this is a spot where Tua left to his devices becomes the the leader that he was at Alabama, but now carried over it to the pro level because it's now on his shoulders. It's him. There's nobody to bail you out if things start to go sideways and you don't have to look over your shoulder, which I think in a way is a positive, but I'm just worried about Tua and these guys going on the road to Buffalo, no matter who's playing, because that defense has just been so good. And I don't know how many of those starters are going to be sitting necessarily. So I'll put it to you. What's your take on this whole thing with Fitzpatrick now out of this game and how it affects this Miami versus ball, uh, versus uh, Buffalo matchup? It's an interesting storyline. I mean, look, full, full, full strength, the Buffalo Bills, uh, they, they win this game. And I think they win it handedly. The fact that, you know, we don't know who's going to play, uh, especially on the defensive side. I think this is a real opportunity for Tua. Like, look, uh, I, I'm not against Tua in any way. I think he was a good pick. I think he's going to be a good quarterback at some point. But him looking over his shoulder, the fact that Fitzpatrick has had to come in in the last two games to get them over the hump to win, and now he tested positive for COVID, there is no one behind him. I mean, like, I mean, there will be a backup quarterback, but they will not be going to him over to it. This will be Tua's game. Uh, and the fact that the Buffalo Bills will be probably sitting a bunch of starters, I think this is 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 going to improve Tua's chances to really take control and say that this is my team going forward. 
I'm going to stick with my hot take from earlier, which is the Miami Dolphins are the team that's on the outside looking in. More on this on Sunday. This is why you watch Fantasy Game Day with Matt Stryker, Joe Pizapia, and of course, Eric Young, because we're going to break all this stuff down for you and get you ready for your Sunday. As always, 8 a.m. Eastern, right here on Sports Grid or everywhere. Six days a week of Joey P. Some might say that's too much. I say it's just a start. All right, let's get after it. Fantasy or reality? Let's start with those Buffalo Bills. Because right now, the Chiefs are still the champs, the reigning, undisputed champions of the world. So I will put it to you. The Bills have the best chance to beat the Chiefs. Fantasy or reality? Is it the Bills? Is it some other team for you? I think it is the Bills, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Yeah, we're a lockstep there. I think the the Bills can beat any team in the NFL. Uh, they have playmakers uh, at, at a bunch of the, of the offensive positions. I get that that Zach Moss and Devin Singletary haven't been the, the the running backs that we thought they were going to be, but that's because the Buffalo Bills haven't been the running team that we thought they were going to be. They have thrown right. the, the ball quite a bit, way more than anyone thought. And to to my uh, happiness is Josh Allen looks awesome. I mean, obviously he regresses next year, but the truth is, is they cleaned up his mechanics. They cleaned up his, 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 something that's, it, it obviously be something that he was able to do, uh, something that they worked on. This guy's a competitor. He's a gritty player. He runs the ball. He does everything. And the guys there love him. And you can see that when they're on the field, the Buffalo Bills, this is a year that they could win the Super Bowl. It, it is good. They're going to have to beat the Kansas City Chiefs at some point. I believe that. But I believe if there's any team that's set up to do it in the NFL right now, it's the Buffalo Bills. Well, if you're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, you have to be able to score with them. And I think Buffalo can. But then you have to have secondary play that's good enough to take advantage of the lack of mistakes that Mahomes tends to make. And I think this secondary is. And this is where I struggle with Pittsburgh because I don't know if Pittsburgh can keep pace necessarily with this team, especially when they've had these losses they have on on defense. I think Tennessee, unfortunately, is not a complete team. And, and the other teams, they have to see, like I know Baltimore is very hot. That's great, but I, I just I'm not sure if they can go in there and beat Kansas City. Kansas City blew their doors off earlier in the year. Buffalo, you know, that, that game a couple of weeks back where they played each other, it was an interesting one, and certainly Kansas City won it convincingly. But I think you could see a spark there where they felt like, hey, we can measure up, and I think they're going to be very dangerous if they get that opportunity. So keep an eye on the Bills. That might be my uh, my wager going into next week there for uh, the Super Bowl. All right, let's go to the other side here. Fantasy or reality, the Packers will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Packers right now stand as the one seed. That could change this weekend. But obviously Aaron Rodgers is played like MVP. He is the favorite. Now, Devontae Adams has been out of his mind good. They've got not one but two viable running backs, it would seem. Defense has been good and not great. But obviously a lot of these NFC teams have had some issues. Uh, New Orleans has had their set of circumstances. The uh, inefficiencies at times of Tampa Bay, although they played well on defense. Uh, the inability at times to commit to running the football has been a challenge. So I'll put it to you this way. Fantasy reality. Keep it simple. Packers will represent the a NFC in the Super Bowl. What do you think? At this point, I'm going to say reality. They haven't given me a reason to not say this. Um, you know, even on the defensive side, that they've started to play really good. Darnell Savage has been unbelievable at the safety position yeah. there. And like you said, they're, they're, they can win any which way you want. You want, you know, they want to slow it down and run the ball. They've got two or three unbelievable running backs that you know, two of them could possibly be in different places next year. Aaron Rodgers is, I think, 
the best quarterback still right now in the league. Um, I, I know, look at Mahomes is, is going to be that guy. I think um, it's a one, a one B, but Aaron Rodgers has been absolutely lights out this year. The connection between him and Devonte Adams is something to behold. I mean, this is a very well-rounded team and they're feeling it right now. So that would not surprise me. And if I had to bet, that would be my bet. You know, the personnel hasn't changed much for the Packers year over year. Uh, you mentioned Savage, and yeah, he's been absolutely savage at that. Uh, four picks in the last five games for him. But the difference to me is the confidence level and the camaraderie uh, that seems to be going around and a little bit more toughness. Robert Tunyon's given them a different dimension, a little bit of an edge, a little toughness there, a little like, you know, stiff arm in your face, knock you down kind of mentality. And I, I do agree with the, the narrative that's been going all year, which is a fire's been lit under Aaron Rodgers here. And that Jordan Love acquisition there at the top turned out to be maybe in retrospect the best addition they could have made because it made Aaron Rodgers say, hey, what about me? You forget about me, Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers? Well, we could have given me a lot of other toys to work with here. And uh, look, Adams has stepped up. Jones is still a very good player. This this seems like a, a much different Green Bay Packer team heading into this postseason. Last year, I thought they were an incredible paper tiger. I really did. I thought some of their victories were just kind of, you kind of roll your eyes at some of them where everything just went their way, but you could see that there were a lot of warts. I don't see as many this year, and this feels like a more confident Packer team. Uh, now, I cannot wait for this game on Sunday. We were talking about this off air. I can't wait to see Chicago. I hope Chicago gives them all they can handle and then some. I don't think they can beat them. It'll be fascinating to watch Chicago at least compete with them for four quarters, and I hope they can because that would make my Sunday very entertaining. All right, let's move on to the last one here, and I guess it's a foregone conclusion, but we'll we'll ask the question anyway. 2020 is coming to an end. This is it. So I will ask you fantasy reality. 2021 will be better than 2020. Eric Young, the stage is yours. I mean, I, I don't see how it could be worse. I mean, like it could always be worse, but there's a vaccine on the way. You know, there's, I, I feel like it's going to be a better year. I mean, I, I, I get, I mean, I'm very, very blessed in, in my life. And um, even though I was fired this year, I landed in, in a new place, which uh, profoundly as a, a better performer, uh, a better friend, a better husband, a better everything. Uh, 2021 is going to be a better year as a person that was petrified of getting older, uh, as a person that thought that life perhaps would end when I'm 40 years old. I can tell you that I have never been so fulfilled and so happy in my life. Uh, so 2021 is going to be better for me and for everyone. And like you said, happiness and, and just be better to each other, man. This is life is hard. You know, let's not make it any harder than it needs to be. Yeah, I like that. You know, it's it's funny because I, I think you touched on something that's very important here. And and 2020 started off in a weird place for you and a lot of people. And and I feel like we're all coming out of 2020 with a little bit more perspective. And I feel like we lose perspective far too much. You know, I, I mentioned that hamster wheel, right? We get on that wheel and there's always you gotta do this, you gotta do there, and you gotta be here and at this time and all these things. And, and all of a sudden this happens and it makes you kind of reevaluate everything and what's important and material things versus other things and versus time and, and seeing those people. And, and I think it, it also has had to reprogram everybody's brain too about what's important, what's not, what to stress about, what is, is not worth stressing about. And, and every generation I feel like has this, you know, like the grandparents generation had World War II, which changed everything, you know, obviously. And that, that was a horrible set of circumstances. I know my parents living through the 60s, you know, gave them a lot of perspective. And I feel like, you know, for us, we've been pretty blessed for the most part. 
you know, we're kind of from that same generation here where we haven't had a lot of things to really kind of overcome. And this was certainly one of them. And I think for me, at least, it's taught me about perspective a little bit and, and just kind of remembering to pause, which is good. And I'm somebody who likes to do that anyway, but uh, I've been very lucky because I, like you, start off this year in, in, a, in the normal place where I thought, you know, things are going to be. And then a complete 180 where here I am not only back at Sports Grid, I, like you, was also let go in the beginning of this year. Craig and I were doing a radio show last year together. Ended in January, contract was up. They said, you did a great job, but we're going to keep going with a different direction. I said, that's okay. I understand business is business. So look at Eric and I starting this year somewhere around, you know, February, March, being let go. And now here we are. I actually got rehired by the same company just a few months later to come back and host this show uh, and a baseball show as well, which was was great. Uh, I am. I was very pleased about that. So you know, it's life is full of interesting turns. So I'll take you uh, out of all the quarantine and all the time in 2020. Did you learn a new skill? Did did you did you read a new book? See a new thing? Like what, what did you do with all that extra time on your hands? And besides, build yourself a gym, which I know you did. Yeah, I mean that's what I was gonna say. I built a gym at my house, which I I I, I didn't think I was going to like. I thought I would be too distracted. Uh, the truth is, it is. I, at 41 years old, I have never been this strong. I have never been this flexible. Um, my workouts are the best they've ever been. And uh, I don't think there's a lot of people that can say that they were doing that when they're 41 years old. Uh, after all the miles of wear and tear, the tons of travel, bumps and bruises and concussions and everything else, I may be physically in the best shape I've ever been in. Um, and and uh, truthfully, f- fulfilled in my life, um, spent tons of time with my wife and we've always got along, but I think our bond is even better now. Um, her working from home and me not traveling as much. We, we've spent a ton of time together with uh, our dogs and, and went on a couple RV trips. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's been, an, it's been uh, a bad year in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, a, a good year. And it made everybody slow yeah. down and, and open their eyes. So it's a, it's a cool position to be in um, to, to, to realize, you know, sometimes you just got to pull back and realize what you already have. Yeah, exactly. Enlightenment. I feel like that's the big takeaway. A little enlightenment and uh, homeschooling was a challenge at times, especially in the spring when no one was prepared for it. I can tell you that. That was a new wrinkle, especially trying to host shows here uh, from the house. But uh, you can see the home studio turned out pretty good. We've been rocking and rolling here. We didn't know where things are going. And I'll tell you what, my my fond memories too, doing doing, uh, two-hour baseball shows with Matt Stryker for six months without any baseball. That was a trip. I don't know how we did that, but we did. We talked about old baseball, new potential baseball, but didn't have an actual game for almost the entire season we were doing that show, which was hilarious. And then, of course, the three of us. I got to say, that's been a highlight for me, too, here on the network. Uh, every Sunday morning, I look forward to that and, and getting people ready for their Sunday. And I know we've won people a lot of money. We've given them a lot of good advice. We've heard all the tweets and seen all this stuff there, and hopefully we'll get a chance to do it all again. So, uh, again, we're ending on a high note, which is good. I think that's what everybody needs to do in this new age of enlightenment. So we're going to hit a break. We come back. We'll do a little bit more here on the network. So we'll close out 2020 strong right here on Sports Group. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, as we wish everybody a happy new year, we close the book on 2020 and open up a new chapter and a new story 
of 2021. We want to remind everybody to stay on the grid tomorrow, especially because we've got all the in-game live action going on during all the college football games. So we will be here. We will be programming. We will be here for you with all your sports and all your wagering and all your fantasy and everything in between right here on Sports Grid. So make sure you get on that grid and stay on it. We're on so many different platforms. Head to sportsgrid.com. That way you can find out all of them. And in the meantime, you can also do a, a small business, a little bit of a, a good. Go get the Fantasy Baseball Black Book. 2021 on Amazon right now. Help out a small business. Me, this small business. And get ready for your fantasy baseball season. But before we get out of here on the year, let's close things out with a Sports Grid 60 from Eric Young. Yeah, my Sports Grid 60 uh, bring in the, the new year is going to be the Tennessee Titans. Look at it as a Tennessee Titans fan. I can say this is one of the most rewarding seasons that I can remember. Uh, I've been a, a Tennessee Titans fan for a long time in a weird kind of uh, – Turn of events ended up moving here in 2004 and ha have been embraced by the team, embraced by the city. Uh, Derrick Henry is my favorite player to watch in the NFL. Tannehill has really turned himself into a, a, a pro quarterback. Look at guys, you're playing the Houston Texans, an in-division rival, mm -hmm. uh, a team that doesn't have anything to play for. Let's win this game. Let's end the, the season on a high note, have everything as it should, win the division, and Go into the playoffs on a high. Here, here. Let's do that. All right. Let's also end on a nice note here. I saw a story that got picked up by Bleacher Report about a fantasy league that's been running for over a decade with friends and family. And uh, one of the members passed away this October, and he had set his lineup. And wouldn't you know it, that lineup made it all the way through, won the division, won through the playoffs, and ended up in the championship. And in that championship, the opposing team sat their players and let that person win. And I think that's kind of a cool way of all sitting back and understanding a little bit of perspective like we were talking about later. That's a league they'll always remember uh, a special victory for that fallen comrade in their league. And that's a fun way to end fantasy sports today for the year. Uh, again, I want to thank Eric Young for heading in and heading up with me this week uh, and stepping in. And Craig and I will be back next week. Have a great new year, everybody. From me, Joe Pizzapia, right here on Sports Grid.